player piano follows a sort of computer program. Instructions are given to the piano's machinery by a roll of paper with punched holes, and when the instructions are followed, the machinery plays the piano. Today on Pulsar, we'll talk about how artificial intelligence and deep learning follow this same basic principle of computer programming to accomplish amazingly complex tasks. I'm your host, Eric. Thanks to Facebook Boston for supporting this episode of Pulsar. Joining me today are two computer engineers from Facebook who are working on some exciting applications of artificial intelligence. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you for having us. So let's start with your backgrounds. You both went to school for computer science, so can you each tell us how you decided to study that and make a career out of it? My name is Ben Clark. I kind of fell into programming because there were always computers in my house when I was little, and I always loved sort of hacking around on them, but I didn't really get into programming until I was really later high school and college. I wasn't really very good at it, but I kind of slowly applied myself and realized that even though I may not have been the best programmer on the planet, I really liked sitting in front of computers all day which is, I think, probably why my career has gone okay, is that I'm willing to spend a lot of time in front of computers. And like anything else, it just takes practice. Hi, my name is Saikat Basu, and I work at Facebook now as a research scientist. I did my PhD in deep learning, and I have been working with satellite images for, I think, like eight years now. Before this, I spent a little time at NASA Ames working on satellite images, and here I am doing the same thing at Facebook now. The first time I wrote code in middle school on a Windows 95 computer, I think that was love at first keystroke. So the idea that I could code instructions into those little boxes and then sit back and watch them work for me seemed like a fascinating idea at the time. And as I continued coding through high school and learned more about the world of automation, just picking up computer science in college seemed like the most logical path forward. And before we get to some listener questions, can you give us an overview of your Map with AI project? So to start with, let's look at the problem that we're trying to solve. Imagine that you were told that you needed to create a map of the world. I think probably your first suspicion would be, okay, I can't do this myself. OpenStreetMaps, also called OSM, is basically the largest free and open map in the world. I've heard it described as sort of like Wikipedia, but for maps. So. Anybody can get started editing the map and adding features like roads, highways, and bridges to it. And it's a very painstaking process to add all of these roads and buildings. And we add these roads and buildings by sort of tracing over satellite imagery. So companies around the world use OSM to create maps for their products. And Facebook is one of those companies. So if you've ever used Marketplace or check-ins, you'll see a little map showing the place that you just checked into. And that information actually comes from OpenStreetMap. Facebook wants OpenStreetMap to be as complete as possible. So that's why we created Map with AI, which is a very wide-ranging project here in Facebook. It's the building of artificial intelligence technologies, or AIs, and those AIs help people make maps. So the people in that last sentence is a critical part. We're not creating AIs that just make decisions in a vacuum. Every single one of these AIs is built to sort of assist our fellow humans in the process of map making. So how specifically can AI help with a huge mapping project? Think about the satellites floating through space, taking photographs of the Earth's surface. Let's say each of these photos cover an area of one kilometer by one kilometer. Humans might be able to look at these photos and say, oh, there's a building, there's a road, there's a bit of cloud over there. This kind of analysis usually takes a long time for humans to do. Now multiply that over the 500 million pictures you would have to snap of the whole world to create an entire world map. 
and very quickly you reach a problem that would take even a dedicated group of mappers years to solve. This is a difficult enough problem if the earth's surface never changed, but people build buildings, reverse flood, and change their path through the landscape. And sometimes it changes too fast to keep up with for humans. No matter how dedicated they are, we need some support, and that's where the power of AI comes in. Now, one of the questions we got about AI before we go any further was simply, what is deep learning? First, the word learning stands for machine learning, which is generally a field of computer science where machines are taught to answer questions by understanding the relationship between inputs and outputs. A simple example of such a question would be, does this photo contain a dog or not? And in order to do this, the machine is shown several images, some containing dogs and some without. And then it is able to learn what a dog looks like using an internal set of functional units. Now, these internal units are called neurons, and they emulate the functions of the human brain. The neurons are organized into several layers, and the whole system with all the layers in them is called a neural network. Now, traditional machine learning used only a few layers of neurons, mostly say only two or three layers, and hence it could also be called shallow learning. In contrast, deep learning uses several layers of neurons, sometimes even hundreds of layers, thereby creating what is called a deep neural network. And the deeper the network, the more complicated the relationship between inputs and outputs, and the more difficult the question the machine is able to answer. For instance, expanding upon the example I just talked about before, suppose we train an AI system to identify a Labrador or a Poodle. Now, can the same AI system detect a Labradoodle without ever seeing one? And I think this is where the power of deep learning comes into play. The ability to learn what a Labrador or a Poodle looks like and then generalizing that concept to be able to detect a Labradoodle is where the deep learning systems truly outshine traditional shallower AI systems. Similarly, for our Map with AI project, we train our deep learning systems with photos of millions of roads taken from different parts of the world, and the machines are able to learn what a road generally looks like. Then, when we show it photos from other parts of the world, it is able to detect roads on them based on its prior knowledge, very much similar to what a human would do. And this ability of the machine to learn what a road looks like from millions of images and then reapplying that learned knowledge elsewhere has only been possible because of the advances in deep learning. So that leads to one of the questions we got on our social media. What are the advantages of having AI perform a task instead of a human? I think one of the general usefulnesses of AI is in its ability to learn hidden relationships between data, which is otherwise much harder for humans to do. I actually can cite a general example of an AI system which has been trained to predict weather conditions using atmospheric sensor data. So these systems are able to find hidden patterns based on historical data and then able to correctly forecast future weather conditions. And have you seen that ability in Map with AI? So there's some interesting things that we've seen develop with our own AI training over time. I remember seeing some satellite imagery where there was a lot of cloud cover on it. And I looked at the satellite image and just said, I can't tell what's underneath there. But our AI was able to actually pick out a lot of where the buildings and roads were and did a really good job of it where I would have just thrown up my hands and said, I, I got nothing. I'm not sure where anything is underneath this. So sometimes the image analysis is more accurate. Is it also faster? As far as the Map with AI project, one example that comes to mind is Thailand. 
So the Facebook team wanted to map a lot of missing roads in Thailand. By missing roads, I don't mean roads that we lost and can't find anymore. What I'm talking about is roads that actually exist out in the real world, but they may not yet be part of OpenStreetMap. So if you looked at a section of OpenStreetMap, you could see a bunch of roads in the satellite imagery, but they wouldn't have been traced over and made into digital data. So there was a big initiative to map all of these missing roads in Thailand. The Facebook team was able to map 300,000 miles of road in Thailand in about 18 months, where that would have taken at least twice as long, perhaps three times as long, if they had to do it all unassisted. Well, that's definitely an advantage, but we also had a question about the disadvantages of AI. So where does artificial intelligence struggle compared to a human? I think one of the biggest disadvantages of using AI is that most modern AI systems require huge amounts of information to teach them. And training data is not always easy to get, and oftentimes the data ends up being noisy and not very useful. So training an AI system to tackle problems like these turns out to be very challenging. Another disadvantage of traditional AI systems is that the system can't simply say, I do not know the answer to this question. So for example, if an AI system has been shown only the images of cats and dogs, it might be pretty good at finding those in new images, right? But however, if it is given the image of a horse, it will still predict it as either being a cat or a dog. And this is particularly problematic for cases where we can expect to see a lot of new examples which are very different from the existing training data which the model was trained on in the first place. One of the problems is simply providing enough data for these AIs to use to train themselves effectively. So when we started this initiative, we were actually sitting down and having human mappers annotate individual satellite imagery and then feeding those annotations into the AI. So a human mapper would sit down and say, there's a building here, there's a park here, there's a road here and we're kind of limited by the speed at which mappers can create this training data. So like any good problem, you can crowdsource it. And we realized, hey, OpenStreetMap is already filled with this sorts of information where human mappers have already made these decisions. So it was kind of a sea change for us to say, hey, instead of making this custom data to feed into the AI, we'll just cut the AI loose and train it on pretty much the entirety of OSM. And do you have any examples of a time where you had to correct the AI because it was getting tripped up by something really specific? Back in sort of like the initial version of our AI detection, if you were to go out into the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you'd see a bunch of roads drawn everywhere. And the reason for that was the cresting whitecaps looked kind of roadish to the AI. We as humans can look at that and say, oh, that's clearly not a road. But the AI was not able to do that. It's just going off of what the thing looks like. And it looked road-ish enough for it to want to draw them there. But because our training data never actually set about to say, hey, there's ocean here. There's no roads here. Don't do that. The AI was, you know, making some bad predictions. This project sounds really interesting. How can generating these maps affect people's lives? For Facebook's users, once we get really good street map data, we can start doing much better things like estimating how long it might take you to get from point A to point B. So there are little things from everyday life that AI can sort of help with. Another really good example is actually in times of a crisis. So like a hurricane, monsoon, or in this case, like out in California, the wildfires right now. These sorts of things can leave roads impassable. They can affect infrastructure. With good up-to-date satellite imagery, we could actually do some really good, almost real-time editing of maps to let humanitarian workers who are like moving into a place know where the passable roads are. 
so there is an organization called Humanitarian OpenStreetMap, which does exactly the sort of work. And our map editor with this AI built in, which is called Rapid, is one such tool that they use to do this kind of work. And are there any other projects across Facebook that are using AI? Facebook uses AI across its entire platform in a variety of products and services. So computer vision and AI are used in our portal's smart camera, where these AI algorithms are packed into the device and all the processing power of the device is used in itself. AI is also used in Instagram Explore personalization where we surface the most relevant content for individuals based on their subjective taste, where there are billions of possibilities to choose from. Computer vision, natural language processing and AI are also used to catch and remove hate speech before anyone sees it. More work is being done here every day and our algorithms are continuously improving. Along with these product use cases, there are also some fundamental research in AI that Facebook is driving. One of those worth mentioning is the fast MRI. MRI scans typically can take up to an hour, meaning radiologists have limited amount of patients that they can help in a day. So Facebook AI researchers had a major breakthrough where the AI can generate accurate MRIs and speed up the process by almost four times. Well, thank you both for telling us about your project and answering our questions about artificial intelligence. Well, thank you for having us. You can learn more about the project at mapwith.ai and explore more of Facebook's artificial intelligence projects at ai.facebook.com. If you've got more questions about the future of deep learning, send them to us at sciencequestions at mos.org and we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. Until next time, keep asking questions.